Chapter 1 of The Miracles of Our Lord. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jordan. The Miracles of Our Lord by George MacDonald. Chapter 1 Introduction. I have been requested to write some papers on our Lord's miracles. I venture the attempt in the belief that, seeing they are one of the modes in which his unseen life found expression, we are bound through them to arrive at some knowledge of that life. For he has come, the word of God, that we may know God. Every word of his, then, as needful to the knowing of himself, is needful to the knowing of God. And we must understand, as far as we may, every one of his words and every one of his actions, which, with him, were only another form of word. I believe this the immediate end of our creation. And I believe that this will, at length, result in the unravelling for us of what must now, more or less, appear to every man the knotted and twisted coil of the universe. It seems to me that it needs no great power of faith to believe in the miracles, for true faith is a power, not a mere yielding. There are far harder things to believe than the miracles, for a man is not required to believe in them, save as believing in Jesus. If a man can believe that there is a God, he may well believe that, having made creatures capable of hungering and thirsting for him, he must be capable of speaking a word to guide them in their feeling after him. And if he is a grand God, a God worthy of being God, yea, his metaphysics even may show the seeker, if he is a God capable of being God, he will speak the clearest, grandest word of guidance which he can utter intelligible to his creatures. For us that word must simply be the gathering of all the expressions of his visible works into an infinite human face, lighted up by an infinite human soul behind it, namely, that potential essence of man, if I may use a word of my own, which was in the beginning with God. If God should thus hear the cry of the noblest of his creatures, for such are all they who do cry after him, and in very deed show them his face, it is but natural to expect that the deeds of the great messenger should be just the works of the Father done in little. If he came to reveal his Father in miniature, as it were, for in these unspeakable things we can but use figures, and the homeliest may be the holiest, to tone down his great voice, which, too loud for men to hear it aright, could but sound to them as an inarticulate thundering, into such a still, small voice as might enter their human ears in welcome human speech, then the works that his father does so widely, so grandly, that they transcend the vision of men, the sun must do briefly and sharply before their very eyes. This, I think, is the true nature of the miracles, an epitome of God's processes in nature, beheld in immediate connection with their source. 
a source as yet lost to the eyes and too often to the hearts of men in the far receding gradations of continuous law that men might see the will of god at work jesus did the works of his father thus here i will suppose some honest and therefore honourable reader objecting but do you not thus place the miracles in dignity below the ordinary processes of nature i answer the miracles are mightier far than any goings-on of nature as beheld by common eyes disassociating them from a living will but the miracles are surely less than those mighty goings-on of nature with god beheld at their heart in the name of him who delighted to say my father is greater than i i will say that his miracles in bread and in wine were far less grand and less beautiful than the works of the father they represented in making the corn to grow in the valleys and the grapes to drink the sunlight on the hillsides of the world with all their infinitudes of tender gradation and delicate mystery of birth but the son of the father be praised who as it were condensed these mysteries before us and let us see the precious gifts coming at once from gracious hands hands that love could kiss and nails could wound there are some i think who would perhaps find it more possible to accept the new testament story if the miracles did not stand in the way but perhaps again it would be easier for them to accept both if they could once look into the true heart of these miracles so long as they regard only the surface of them they will most likely see in them only a violation of the laws of nature when they behold the heart of them they will recognize there at least a possible fulfillment of her deepest laws with such however is not my main business now any more than with those who cannot believe in a god at all and therefore to whom a miracle is an absurdity i may however just make this one remark with respect to the latter that perhaps it is better they should believe in no god than believe in such a god as they have yet been able to imagine perhaps thus they are nearer to a true faith except indeed they prefer the notion of the unconscious generating the conscious to that of a self-existent love creative in virtue of its being love such have never loved woman or child save after a fashion which has left them content that death should seize on the beloved and bear them back to the maternal dust but i doubt if there can be any who thus would choose a sleep-walking pan before a wakeful father at least they cannot know the father and choose the pan let us then recognize the works of the father as epitomized in the miracles of the son what in the hands of the father are the mighty motions and progresses and conquests of life in the hands of the son are miracles i do not myself believe that he valued the working of these miracles as he valued the utterance of the truth in words but all that he did had the one root obedience in which alone can any son be free and what is the highest obedience simply a following of the father a doing of what the father does every true father wills that his child should be as he is in his deepest love in his highest hope all that jesus does is of his father 
What we see in the Son is of the Father. What his works mean concerning him, they mean concerning the Father. Much as I shrink from the notion of a formal shaping out or design in any great life, so unlike the endless freedom and spontaneity of nature, and he is the nature of nature, I cannot help observing that his first miracle was one of creation, at least is to our eyes more like creation than almost any other. For who can say that it was creation, not knowing in the least what creation is, or what was the process in this miracle? End of chapter 1